This is 1 in 44, a presentation of Anderson Center for Autism. 1 in 44 is a weekly show devoted to autism spectrum disorder. Good morning and welcome to 1 in 44, the weekly talk show on topics related to autism spectrum disorder. I'm your host, Eliza Bozenski, Chief Development Officer at Anderson Center for Autism. And I'm uh, talking today with my guest, Bobby Morong, who is the founder of a company called TrainingTies.com. Bobby, good morning. Thanks for being on the show. Good morning. Thank you for having me. It's a pleasure. Um, I, I One thing I can say before I hand it over to you to go deeper into your background is that we both uh, are former teachers. And um, and since I've had the, the opportunity to check out trainingties.com a little bit ahead of this uh, interview, um, I know that we both, at least to some degree, come from a place of if there's an easy way to help a child become independent as quickly as possible, the sort of long-term benefits, an impact of, of a taste of independence at a younger age really can go a long way for that kid. So um, I think it, that at least has partial uh, to do with where, where, you, uh, where you are with this, uh, with this company. And at this point, let me hand it over to you. Tell us a little bit about yourself or a lot about yourself and your background. And <laughs> well, you hit the nail on the head. That's sort of like our mission is to um, sort of to foster independence um, mm-hmm. in, in our users. So it's sort of where it began. So a little bit about me. Um, let's see, I'm from I'm from the Boston area. I went to school in, at uh, St. Anselm and played soccer. And then I got into after college, I started as a, uh, a uh, an assistant teacher in the in the in the Boston area. And I worked with uh, an autism student and a student with Down syndrome in the classroom. And that's sort of where my sort of passion, I wasn't sure what I wanted out of college. And um, that's sort of where my passion for special ed started. Um, I was there for a couple of years and then I worked at a place called the Gifford School in uh, just outside of Boston, which is an intensive special ed school. And we have, you know, five students in a class and two to three staff. Uh, And it was just some of the best teaching and learning of of my life. Um, And then I just went to school at uh, Boston University for um, my master's in education. And then I got my job as a uh, phys ed teacher just outside of Boston. And I also tapped, uh, I also taught adapted phys ed. So I was Mm -hmm. K through six elementary phys ed teacher. And I also taught um, adapted phys ed. And a lot of my, so this started where my first year teaching, I had a kindergarten class of, I think, 40 plus students, which was, it sounds like a lot, but it grew after that. Yeah. Um, wanted to make sure that every student that came in my class left healthy. They came in the way, they left the way they came in. So no one got hurt. And part of that was I saw a lot of untied shoes coming in. in, in yeah, like a teacher's nightmare. You just, you exactly. just kind of goes to all the, like, you can trip and break your head wide open. That's, oh, as a phys ed teacher, that's all you think about is mm-hmm. ways they can get hurt. And it's stuff like all my teacher prep, none of it prepared me for like, oh, wait, so I have to teach. I, sh- I, I should teach shoe tying to everyone so that no one gets hurt the rest of the year. Right. So from that point on, I started um, just a shoe tying unit to begin every single year with my kindergarten and first grade students. And I was like, a guru who would just go online and look up all different ways so that if I saw what a way a student was struggling, I could find another technique or another technique that, that they, um, that they were more receptive to. Um, mm-hmm. And then I started finding, I used to have uh, my older students come down, like my fifth graders who, and sixth graders who were great helpers come down and they would try and help me out. And I would delegate to uh, teach them how to um, teach the younger students how to tie their shoes. But a lot of them didn't know how to tie their shoes when I first started too in fourth, fifth and sixth grade. So I remember I used to, um, 
tell the teachers and the students like if I it's one of these things when you're a teacher and you probably remember you have just like uh, you just have like a microscope up for issues that students may have that they don't even realize so like you look around the classroom and see third graders with three of their shoes untied and you go up to them and be like hey do you know how to tie your shoes yeah um, and they'd be like um no one's quite taught me yet so you try to arrange a time for them to come down and teach them um where they wouldn't be embarrassed they wouldn't have their fears around and stuff so I was doing that for a while and then I just, I, my classes started to grow to sometimes 50, 60, 70 kindergartners. Wow. And a, a lot of them in my district kind of went undiagnosed when they first came in. It took a couple of years for them to uh, be diagnosed as uh, autistic and to get the proper help that they, that, that they needed. So I had a lot of students um, who were pre-diagnosed autistic and uh they just, I just had a lot of students struggling. So I just kept thinking that there has to be a better way. So I just started uh, fiddling with all of my, like my badges and uh, my wife's old person, sort of just cutting stuff out and coming up with little ideas and trinkets and stuff. I also used to use, I brought in all my old big basketball sneakers, which is size like 13 Mm -hmm. and have the kids learn on that because it helps them to learn on sort of a a, a bigger shoe than their own little ones. Right, because it's a lot of fine motor skills. It's so much fine motor skills. I think people take it for granted that just you just suddenly learn. But honestly, it is hard. It's really hard. And if you if you don't have the pincer grip action and you Mm -hmm. don't have the sequencing, it can just be you can see their mind just be like they can be so proficient in every other area. But this skill is just really tough for some of them. Um, So I just tried to come up with different ways um, to help them. And then I found just a really crude version of what I have now, which was basically just like two holes in something. And it was a way to help some of my, uh, especially my adaptive ed students, learn how to tie their shoes. And I once I started, once I found that, then I sort of made a few of them. And I went from this couple week process of a few minutes each, a few times. To- um, a few lessons for the first couple of weeks into most of my students could learn in five, 10 minutes with this simple tool. And wow. so I just started using that for, for years of my classes, thinking none, none of it. And then um, the pandemic hit my town. And like I said, it was sort of a poor town. And so they got rid of all specialists across the board. So art, music, phys ed, the counselors, they just sort of uh, cut that during the beginning of the pandemic. And that's, it ended up being a blessing in disguise because that I took that time to, um, really invest in the product. And we started the Kickstarter that was successful and sort of grew from there. And I was sort of transitioning already from teacher world, which I'm comfortable into um, entrepreneurship, but I still had, I still had, I still wanted to teach, you know what I mean? Yeah. You just can't get that out of you. Yeah. Uh, and do. the main part, the main thing about training ties is that's, it's, it's not like Velcros or lock laces or hickeys where it just sort of like puts a, or Crocs where it sort of like puts a bandaid on a problem and pushes mm-hmm. off the learning for later. The idea is that they learn um, so they can be independent, as you brought up at the beginning. Yeah. Um, so once they called and offered my, my job back, I was like, oh, I'm okay. And I'm just, I switched out of uh, teaching and started my own business with the help of my wife, um, training ties. And now that was in 2020. Um, mm-hmm. So right now we've got everything all set up and learned a lot along the way. And now we're making our push towards um, letting um, schools and um, special institutions, especially know about our product and try and pushed out there and uh, give away some pairs so that people could see how valuable they are and how, how useful they are. Um, I had one experience when I first started, when I was insecure about the, the product itself, where I had a friend of mine whose son uh, has autism and he's had on his IEP to learn shoe time for the past three years. Uh, he's nine and he just hasn't got, hadn't got it yet. So I sent him a pair of one of my original versions during the Kickstarter and within under 10 minutes he had learned and he's like, Quickly, he like showed his younger sister how to do it. And that's the stuff really? that I, 
Yeah, that's the stuff that's that I would love in class too. You teach yeah. one kid and like they get so excited, they're so proud, and they run over to teach somebody else, and it just, it just sort of yeah. Spread. I read that on your website. This is all just fantastic stuff, Bobby. I I um when I was on your website, which again is is trainingties.com, and you should go check it out. There's some great tutorials. There's beautiful pictures of the product. It's really simple. It's it's easy to purchase. Um, very reasonably priced, and really just um. In a way, where I work at Anderson Center for Autism, we, we, we serve a lot of students who benefit from very broken down, um, uh, like uh, visual prompts to learn a skill, something like toothbrushing or hand washing, where it's not just one motion, it breaks it into all of the really small steps. And that's how we see a lot of our students gain independence. What I like about your tutorials is that it kind of does the same thing in a video where you can really see, but for somebody who's been tying my own shoes for so long, um, it's a reminder that it really is not a, uh, a simple thing. You know, you, there's multiple ways that that people learned. I remember bunny ears was one way back in, when I was younger. And um, I don't know, there was something about through around a tree and through a yeah. hole. I, I just, I don't, probably my older brother was the one who eventually taught me as you just pointed out. But, um, but it does, it did bring me back to when I was a teacher of third and fourth graders that um, I think the reason why Velcro and those other options become so popular is because kids get to a certain age where they don't want to admit it anymore, um, that they don't know how to do it. And, and then there's that awkward position where you sort of stand in front of somebody who does know how to do it and you put your foot out to them and they're reaching down and doing it for you. And it's kind of really, it's a very sort of obvious uh can't be hidden away um, thing that, that that you want people to learn um, at, as young as possible and become independent. And and I and I think we're both definitely on the same page. Where, at, especially at younger ages, but really probably at any age, any level of independence in any area is important to sort of the foundational health of a human being as they grow and look at things that become more and more challenging, whether they're going to believe in themselves or not. Can they do it? So I, I always, I, you know, it, it's, uh, it's, it's shoe tying, it's shoelace tying, but it's bigger than that. And I, um, I, I would just, again, encourage our listeners to go to your website because you talk about your background in a little more detail and, um, and give some great examples of that. Uh, so that's really fantastic. And it's good to know that you're pushing into schools and, and uh, trying to get programs, even maybe programs like Anderson Center and other residential programs to consider using this and having them on hand for people who are struggling. Um, how's that going? We just have about a minute for, before our break. I'm just curious how that how that pushes. Sure. Uh, I ju- we, we just started. So it was a whole process to get our packaging right. And, um, you know, like I said, this is all new to me uh, coming out of the teacher world. So getting our website set up. Uh, getting everything set up so now that we can now we can push it out. So I've only started in the last couple of weeks reaching out um, to school. So this is perfect timing because this is uh, uh, this is what we're doing now. Is just trying to let it be, get some eyes on our product so that there's help out there for for teachers or for parents or for for individuals who are struggling with shoe tying. Great. Um, well, I will. I certainly hope this show helps uh, get the word out a little bit more broadly. And um, and we're going to take a short break. But when we come back, I'm hoping you can. Uh, I want to talk about the the huge spectrum of people who might benefit from this because on your website, it also got, I saw pictures and I realized, wait, we often think about shoe tying when it comes to young children who are, who are, you know, maybe in that kindergarten, like you said, or a little before, a little after kind of stage of their lives, but there's a, there's a significant 
a population of adults and elderly folks who, um, who, uh, uh, I guess some noise is going on here, um, who uh, would probably benefit from these two. And I want to hear about that and hopefully some more testimonials of things that have gone really well for you. Um, So we're going to take a short break. When we come back, we're going to uh, keep talking with Bobby Morong from trainingties.com. And uh, this is one in 44, the weekly talk show on topics related to autism spectrum disorder. I'm your host, Eliza Bozenski, and we'll be right back. Alone. Our reach is limited. No matter how great our intentions, on our own, we can only stretch so far. But at Rotary, we believe the right group of people working together can make our communities, our world, a better place. Rotary is a worldwide network of community volunteers dedicated to helping people in need. Learn more at rotary.org. Rotary, humanity in motion. And now, 1 in 44 continues on 100.7 WHUD. This is a weekly community affairs program presented by the Anderson Center for Autism. Welcome back to 1 in 44, the weekly talk show on topics related to autism spectrum disorder. I'm your host, Eliza Bozenski, and I'm talking today with Bobby Morong from trainingties.com. Um, and Bobby has been, well, I guess... This, this kind of stuff gets me very excited again because of my background as a teacher and the parent of two children who, um, you know, took a little while to, to learn to tie their shoes, but are, are there now. Um, but I love, I love it when both a sort of background of, of your, your own background, your love of ta- teaching and, and passion for it, plus your creativity. And it sounds like the support of your, of your wife and your family really comes together to make an impact that I think has broad implications way beyond, I'm guessing, even the population you, you started to think about um, in a very, I don't want to, it's not simplistic, but it is simple. It is a very sort of easy to understand tool to use. Um, and I love that. So, um, so let's, uh, let's, if you could just talk to us about, um, the breadth of, uh, of users, let's say of training, you know, and, and, and share testimonials, stories, however you want to do it. Sure. Yeah. Well, I definitely couldn't have started this without the support of my wife. She owns her own uh, financial planning company and she's, 100% 100% supportive. And uh, I got lucky with who I, I got to marry. So I, <laughs> I, uh, <laughs> I have the support at home for sure that this took. But um, like, I mean, I'm a teacher. So this first started with uh, solving a problem with my students. So um, like like we said, there's all, there's all these crutches to not have to worry about um, learning to tie shoes. And a lot of times teachers don't think it's their job. And I've talked to many parents and parents think that the teacher should teach their students how to tie their shoes. So it's sort of this back and forth with the kid is left um, in limbo. So that's why I think a lot of times people just go with Velcro, whatever, because it just pushes it off until they learn later on. And um, and someone teaches them, which is fine if they eventually are able to learn on their own. But a lot of times students need that sort of one-to-one direction um, and that helps. So I think of it as like uh, the reason why they're called training ties is they're very similar to like training wheels where you can put them on as you're using what you're trying to learn. So it's not something, there's so many things where you can learn off of the shoe and then you're supposed to like then take that knowledge and put it on your shoe, but the shoe's facing the wrong way. It's a different size. Everything's very, very different. Right. So what you learned on one thing, it's hard for it to translate over to your own shoe. So mm-hmm. what I like, what's great about the training ties is when you're successful on it, that means you've tied your own shoe. And for the teachers in my school, they loved them because they didn't have to tie 
shoes anymore in their classes. They didn't have to have kids coming back from the bathroom with yes. wet laces. Uh, and then and time. time consuming and slows yeah. you down. And yeah, you're in the middle of a great, your knees. You're yeah. in the middle of a great lesson and it's going great. And that hand goes up and can you tie my shoes and just yeah. go to sure. and sort of do real things for sure. Um, so that's a hundred percent my, my intent um, there, but there are definitely, like you said, sort of a wide spectrum of users. When my wife was pregnant with our now one-year-old son, uh, she loved them because she couldn't bend down and tie her shoes. Um, so it, it is able to sort of change it from a learning device into a device of convenience. Uh, we also had, we've done a number of pop-ups back when we lived in the Boston area. And we had a lot of adult autistic individuals come and be like, oh my gosh, oh my gosh, this is a great idea. And I still struggle with this problem. So we found mm-hmm. a lot of success with adults, which we didn't initially intend. Um, and then, of course, my 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 parents who are in their 70s wear them on everything because they don't like tying their shoes. And uh, they have friends who are in like nursing homes and they have to wear shoes with like Velcro or slippers and stuff. They can't even wear their own shoes anymore. So uh, we found a population there that... Um, has some interest as well, but initially it, 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 and where our, our focus is for sure is on the learning element um, mm-hmm. for individuals. Absolutely. And I mean, I think that makes sense that that's still your core um, because it does come down to that developing independence, but, um, but I like that it has implications for oh. other people and, and certainly something that, that everybody should take a, you know, check out just in case you, you might find it helpful. Absolutely. It's so funny hearing the testimonies of people who we didn't intend on and they're yeah. like, love of the product it's so funny yeah and you've and you've gotten creative you can get them in all different colors um and uh like you know like i said it when you look at it on the website trainingties.com you'll see that it's uh it's really easy to understand you sort of get it right away how it's supposed to be used and and then the practicing of it and and also i it was cool to see um that it translates very easily to not needing it anymore. Like you said, with the training wheels um, uh, comparison where there will be a point, it seems very clear that eventually you don't need it unless you want to, because they are colorful and they're pretty cool looking. And if you, yeah. if you like to wear we've white a- or black sneakers, but you want a little splash of color, here's your perfect, perfect opportunity. Yeah. We've had a lot of people learn and then uh, they use their training ties to sort of accessorize their shoes. So mm-hmm. while they can go without them, they choose not to. <laughs> Plus the benefit of wearing them is they don't, they help your shoes not come untied. So yeah. besides the learning element, a lot of times when you learn, your laces are still kind of loose and they keep coming undone. But these keep laces tied um, throughout the day. So mm-hmm. like if you're playing on, if they play, you know, soccer, or they're playing on a recess, uh, they don't have to worry about their shoes coming untied while they play sports and stuff too. So a lot of them choose to keep them on uh, the whole time. Plus, I forgot to mention, um, to show these here, but we mm-hmm. also have, when I, when I was teaching, I used, like I said, I used to bring in my, um, my large basketball sneakers and I used to cut out two different color laces mm-hmm. um, and tie them together at the bottom. So when I'm giving directional language while I'm teaching, I could say grab the black lace and then have it go over the white lace. It's a little bit easier because when you're learning, the laces can get sort of like jumbled together. Yes. Um, so now we sell, uh, we just started selling uh, bicolor laces that are split down the middle. So it's two colors. So they, they work great uh, together with training ties on their own. So that way it's just a little bit easier to learn uh, with yeah. two color laces. I saw that. I, I thought that was a great product also, and also really fun just to have because um, they look great. And, 
and and it's hard enough, right? You're learning one skill. You don't have to try to remember, you know, right over left, left over right, which is a challenge for many of us for a long time, anyway. Um, and uh, and so, you know, again, as I said in the in the beginning part of the show, I think as as educators, especially when you're working with young children, you realize pretty quickly that. Um, our job, I don't think, is to our job is to provide challenge and encouragement, but uh, but not to make things impossibly hard. Um, there's also an element to I think every educator's job, and probably most parents feel the same way too. That you're 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 there also when something can be simplified or made easier for you know as long as it's leading towards a level of independence, that's a good thing. So I like all the elements combined here. Um, I also just want to say that I think you you were right on bringing your big basketball sneakers in because also that that probably my guess is may have also really engaged those kids right away. So, so being creative and sharing a little bit about yourself. um, I think when you're teaching anybody something new, uh, you're going to get a little bit more time and attention from them. If you're uh, showing them something that they don't expect, you know, every teacher to bring in (laughs) to school. Right. And if you're a parent working with your kids, you can start off with, um, I have a, a couple articles on the website as far as like teaching tips because mm-hmm. a lot of times um it's the environment that you teach in that sort of lends itself to whether your student or child is successful so if you're like trying to teach your kids to tie their shoes with two minutes ago before you have to go out the door uh in the morning like that's sort of a stressful time so yeah. there's a couple of tips on the website for when to help uh, how to help and also how to set up the teaching so like a lot of times um when you're learning, someone might have the shoe in front of you facing you, but that's mm-hmm. then if you're when you do it yourself, you have to flip that all around. So it helps to put your foot in the shoe, have it face out. And for parents, or uh, probably for parents, but you could have your kids learn with your shoes so that it's a little bit bigger. And then a lot of times with kid laces, they make it almost impossible because they're really, really short uh, yes. to even make, make, uh, make the bunny ears and stuff. So yeah. adults have to have a lot more slack to work with with the shoelaces. Great tips. Um, you also mentioned something, and, and maybe we might need to end on this because we only have a couple more minutes, but um, you mentioned something when we were talking earlier about the importance of, um, in, I guess, maybe maybe in addition to what you just said about sometimes making it interesting or, or uh, easier at home wearing an adult shoe to practice on, but the idea of also having the opportunity to learn um on your own shoe. It just makes me think that, uh, again, bringing it back to, to folks with autism and, um, and many people too, but definitely there is, for a lot of people on the autism spectrum, there is a desire to have routine and consistency. And that can often come down to clothing, colors of clothing, textures of clothing, which can sometimes mean that you want to wear one pair of shoes every day, the same pair of shoes. And when it's time to get a new pair of shoes, you want that same type of shoe, that same brand, that same color, that same texture, that same feel. And I think um, I just thought it was worth kind of repeating or calling that piece out a little bit, because that may not have been something that you intentionally did. But the idea that you don't have to buy a certain type of shoe um, to make this work, that you can literally have your tie, uh, training tie, and that is what you have when you're wearing your particular shoe. And when, you know, if your size gets bigger, you can use the same training tie. I, I just thought that that was very sort of respectful and, and probably appreciated by many um, who were yeah, using Yeah, that was absolutely, that, that's a good point. That was absolutely a big part of um, 
what where I started because I started with just one or two in my classroom that I sort of made out of materials around the gym. Mm-hmm. And that would go on one student once they were done and they knew how to tie their shoes, they would pass it on to somebody else or bring it to me. And we would sort of just share the one or two training ties because some of the other things like you're required to buy a certain type of shoes or shoelaces. And when your your size goes up, you have to start all over again. So this is just simply it goes it can go on your you can go on your your cleats. You can go on your basketball sneakers. If you size up on your regular shoes, then they go along with you. So absolutely, it's sort of like a one-time purchase. And uh, unless you want to get uh, fancy with some colors, okay. then you use the one and then it goes on any any piece of footwear that you have. That's a great I product. love that. And, and to boot, I read on your website that you use recycled leather. Of course. Yep. Which uh, I, I definitely know that a lot of people will appreciate that too. Yeah. And uh, it's funny. I, sp- I looked all around the country to find a good manufacturer and it ended up being in the same town where I was a teacher <laughs> in Randolph, Massachusetts. Perfect. Perfect. <laughs> well, um, I really enjoyed our conversation today, Bobby, and I encourage our listeners to go to trainingties.com. Um, it's all about independence and, and learning, but there's probably something in there for everybody. Um, even if it's just to inspire, uh, sort of looking at your own passions and, and your materials around you and what you do and seeing where you can take an action to make an impact in other people's lives. I think it's great. I love your story and I, I think your product, uh, makes a lot of sense. So thank you for being on the show to talk about it. Thank you so much. I appreciate being, I appreciate the opportunity. Absolutely. So this is one in 44, the weekly talk show on topics related to autism spectrum disorder. I'm your host, Eliza Bozenski. And remember, Anderson cares. You've been listening to one in 44, a weekly presentation of the Anderson center for autism. Join us for another edition of the show at this time next weekend.